Welcome to another episode of the Eavesdrop Podcast. This week's sponsor is Hims, and they're coming back for like the fifth week in a row. So certainly appreciate their support. Uh, we have a very, very good podcast ahead, and we certainly appreciate the support. Obviously, with the amount of things that are happening in this world, a lot of uh, inconsistencies are going to happen in the weeks as, as, as the upload schedule you know, varies. Uh, but today, we have a very, very special guest. I'm super psyched about it, so let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 57, the COVID-19 episode. Jesus. I don't want to call it that. It's bad. It's bad for business. It's bad for the economy. It's bad for health. It's uh, it's one of those things that came out of nowhere. But did you see that a psychic in 2008 predicted this? Really? A pneumonia-like symptom that was going to be at the beginning of 2020, which will disappear and not come back for 10 years. Was it on The Simpsons? No. The well, Simpsons, if it's not on The Simpsons, yeah, it's not a real thing. That's what I'm saying. Because The <laughs> Simpsons like predicted everything that happened in the world for like the last 20 years. Yeah. Was the, was, the, was the Kobe Bryant one true or no? Mm, I don't remember seeing that. Because I, I saw it. Was it true? Did you see it? I haven't seen it. I've seen, uh, and, and I hate clickbaiters for this, but I've seen that on YouTube thumbnail. Anyway, let's move on. Rambo, thank you for stopping by today. We have a very, very special <laughs> guest called uh, Raymond Rambo Luzier, or Luzier. Lucier. Lucier, a French-Canadian legendary Call of Duty, once considered to be the smartest man in Call of Duty. Losing is learning. Winning is teaching. Wasn't that you're saying? Yeah, yeah. winning is teaching, losing. Winning is teaching, losing is learning. Welcome. So still the same. Doesn't change anything. Optic Rambo, back from the grave. (laughs) So you you disappeared a little bit. Let's call it the shadows. The shadows. You went to the shadows. You were in the gulag for for a long for a long time, (laughs) Uh, and it's crazy. Anyway, so. Uh, Rambo was the captain of the. Were you the captain? Technically, I guess. Yeah, yeah, right back back in the day, you were the one that just made everything, made yeah. all the play calls. Uh, Seth attributes a lot of his success to being taught by the guy that called him Seti, and that's <laughs> Seti. Yeah, yeah, Seti. I had my TH is still having gotten better, so yeah. No, you said uh, <laughs> earlier in the elevator. I'm like, how how did you did you drive? You're like, no, my wife or my my fiance drove here with her brother and i was like <laughs> yeah. i'm like that's rambo that's <laughs> that's that's the man <laughs> uh so 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 rambo uh he goes way back you you played professionally since when modern warfare modern, modern warfare yeah or cut, three cut four cut four cut is four. when you started yeah uh and then you just made it all the way through what was the last game that you played professionally like halfway in a ghost like right after champs like two weeks after champs was which made, for those of you who have forgotten champs used to be in the middle of the season yeah. Yeah, like in a march early april yeah which was an advertising ploy for activision to sell whatever uh, skin pack or whatever it was like a segue for the next game it was like it wasn't though but it, it was a it was the it was like their last end of season for marketing for the game they were playing, and then yeah. it was segue into like after that they were all talking about the next game. Ah, so it was like a month after was like I've, they start. I forgot stuff. that you had a stint in which you worked for Sledgehammer slash Active. We'll get to I that. I didn't know that there. I, that, I didn't learn that. That's not a trick that I learned from there. <laughs> yeah, just, just as PR. Everyone... <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, it's crazy. Anyway, I'm, I'm I'm super glad that you're here. You're obviously living now in Texas because you're now the coach of the Dallas Empire, yes, which sir. to me is super super dope. Um. If uh, truth be told, I I was thinking of of reaching out to you to be our coach too, but by then it was way too late, 
Uh, one because it was it's it's such a cool move to have this sort of reunion. You know what I'm saying of the uh, of what we did. But I'm glad that you that you ended up on a good team uh, and with good people. With Hastro, my boy, and sure. obviously Crim Six and and Clay are like you competed against both of yeah. them. Uh, I played sh- one of them. You played wait, one what? event with Clay. You played one event, one with, event Clay. with Clay. And then what happened? And then I joined Envy. Like and then the, you the, joined. The <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start. Let's start from be- from the beginning, man. Who who are you today? Uh, I am the coach. Well, like we talked about, I'm the head coach of the Dallas Empire. Um, I I try to be as much as I can content wise. I'm gonna try to be future wise. Um, I'm about to be a husband pretty soon to my fiance. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we can get married within the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Who knows now what all the crap going on in the world yeah that's gonna look a lot like. a lot of weddings have been postponed uh, yeah I, I learned that you don't say canceled from jude right because i'm like yo this this wedding got canceled yeah, she's like wait say- did it get canceled yeah. or postponed i'm like oh pos- postponed she's like well make sure that you clear yeah. it up cancel like, sounds like they're just not getting married anymore yeah. right it's like canceled <laughs> yeah i yeah, know it, it's 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 been nice to kind of come back um we can talk about a little bit how it kind of happened if you want like, no, no no let's 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 talk about who you are today like you just moved from uh where where were you we were in the bay area so like san francisco area san just francisco, south of san francisco. Area. fuck expensive there. live in san jose for two years yeah it's actually like the most expensive housing in the world yeah um or excuse me in america not in the world yeah and, um, and you lived in a townhouse or apartment there we apartment i an mean apartment. i live so in san jose i live in her parents my fiance's parents house mm-hmm. they had like an extra room that yeah. i just rented for super cheap yeah my commute to work was like an hour and 10 minutes so didn't really do that for that long yeah right and then renting an apartment for example i was paying two grand a month for a studio yeah and that was 15 minutes away from where i worked for two grand here in texas you can get like oh. th- four bedrooms no, three bathrooms i mean yeah it depends where you get it right like yeah I'm, like I'm paying more or less for double the size in, in in downtown Dallas. Yeah. Like you tell me I'm paying downtown San Francisco. Like I'm paying like five grand for yeah. like a one bedroom. For a one bedroom, yeah. No, it's, so ex- it's, it's expensive. It's ridiculous. Silicon Valley. Yeah. No, it's P- not. The only people that live there are those who can afford it. It's the weather tax. Like that's the only like that's the only thing that well, I found. But San Francisco's not that great though. Well, not the city city, but like everywhere else in the barrier is like yeah. pretty ridiculously nice. Like I'm playing golf in December and it's like sixty five degrees outside. Like yeah. you don't really get that anywhere else, at least from my understanding. Yeah. So you you did you, you do a lot. Aside from Call of Duty, you 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 bowled, you golfed. Did you, were you a chess player too? I, I mean, I play chess on the side, but yeah, bowling is kind of like my main side thing. Yeah. I bowled growing up and like I stopped bowling because I got sick and that's kind of when I got to video games, like mm-hmm. in the early stages of my life. Well, um, let, let's, let's say in the early stages of, of your life, who were you then? Who were you when you discovered gaming? I was a competitive bowler aspiring to be professional. How old? I was, so right before I started doing video games, I mean, I played video games since I was very young, but like from a competitive standpoint. Uh, I'd say like from 16 to 20, I was like seriously contemplating doing like bowling for a living. Yeah. Um, I didn't really enjoy school that much. I was decent at some classes like math and like, but languages I was terrible at. Um, French is my first language and I failed French twice in high school because I just didn't like it. And then yeah. this is the same teacher twice. So maybe there's a little hate thing yeah. going on, but uh, I was always good at English because my, my parents, uh, my dad grew up in Brooklyn, so I got the English side of him. So I was yeah. bilingual from a very young age. Yeah. Does your dad uh, speak uh, French? Too? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're bilingual. Okay. But they were more like my dad's family was more English and my mom's family was more French. Yeah. So it was kind of like I would, I would speak both very fluently because of that. Um, granted, the THs. We'll yeah. never forget about that. Yeah, you're good um, at math. Yeah, math, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I was bowling a lot. Uh, golf wasn't a thing. Like it was really just bowling and kind of video games on my my free time and more friend time. Um, then I got pretty sick. I was thinking I was 19 
uh, I had like a digestive issue that kind of put me off my feet for like a year and a half. Yeah. And all I really did to, to kind of take that aside was play video games. Like yeah. was my, that was my way out, right? Like is my way to cope with my pain and whatnot. Um, and then that's when kind of the whole scene or the online tournaments came along for like COD 4 yeah. and 2009 national championship. And then we started playing so, for a living almost at that point. So. so so tell me about that. The early stages of Call of Duty. Um, obviously, we met in person December of 2010. Yeah. That's when that's when Optic sort of stepped into mm-hmm. into that uh, that realm. But up until then, you, you guys had already been competing. You guys had already been like uh, like national champions. Had that happened by, by then? Yeah. Like- so there was a 2008 national championship that I think Team Fear won. Mm-hmm. And then 2009 has been me, me and Big Timer. A lot of people know Big Timer, obviously. Yeah. The homie. Uh, but we actually watched that event, that 2008 national championship online. We were already playing like game battle stuff at the time. Yeah. But we didn't know there was like money to be made or serious, like a very serious kind of aspect where you you go to events like the Halo kids because the Halo kids were like the, the gods back then. Yeah. Right? We we watched those Pampered. guys play. On, oh, we watched those guys play on USA TV. And we're like, oh, that's sick. Yeah. They have a big stage and everything. That was kind of like the dream, right? At that yeah. point, it was like we want to compete on the main stage at an MLG event. And then we heard about what was being done with uh with COD Four and how that happened already. We're like, oh, is this gonna happen the next next, yeah, next year? And they announced that. We're like, oh, me and Big T were like, we gotta do this. Like, so we started playing online ladders at the time because that's all there was to play for. Yeah. And all those were kind of led into a qualifier for the national championship. So the top eight teams yeah. from the three from the like the seven months of competing online led into this tournament where you show up and you play for eight grand first place. Yeah. Um, that's changed a little bit. Yeah. Since that's then. Uh, to to a person, right? <laughs> yeah. Because who who was the rest of your teammates? Uh, it was me, Big Timer, Sharp, and Dodgers. Dodgers, Dodgers was yeah. at thirteen years old. Sharp was fifteen. Big T, I think, was a year younger than me, so like seventeen or eighteen and i was 18 or 19 at the time so yeah it was it was crazy like funny story though like i they they told us about the event like three weeks before it happened so we know we qualified yeah but we didn't know when it was happening yeah so i live in montreal at the time right so my flight to la is not cheap no like flying across the border yeah i had to pay 900 bucks for a flight to get to la yeah and, and it's not even first class and no no it's just standard flight yeah just reg, regular bullcrap flight yeah, in the economy yeah. uh we fly in i gotta pay for my taxis granted we had ego like I mean, obviously, you know, 360 yeah, icons. Yeah, yeah, 360 icons. Ego. Uh, Paul, Paul, Paul Magna. Shout out. Uh, but yeah, he covered a hotel. He was like, good, like nice enough. We got sponsored for a hotel, which was great. So that was one less expense. Yeah. But we won the tournament. So we made two grand each, which is great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I get back home. I learned as a 30% tax for the border, and then there's a 9% state tax. So I come home with a $1,230 check. Yeah. After my personal expenses, my flight, I basically broke even for winning my first ever tournament. Yeah. Was it worth it? Oh, hell yeah, dude. The, <laughs> well, just the fact that like I came home, like they mailed us a check that said MLG on it, and I showed that to my dad. My dad was like, this is legit. Yeah. Like that opened up like the avenue. The of, rest like, of your career. 100%. Like that didn't happen. Who knows? Like maybe it's like he treats it differently. He sees it, like he's always been supportive, but yeah. like, like to a certain extent, he's not going to let me like self implode on something that doesn't right. has nowhere to go. Yeah, right? it's like so. protecting protecting you from yourself. One hundred percent. Yeah. So that's that's super cool. And your dad is super cool. Matt, yeah, Matt, awesome. Matt have met your dad a yeah. bunch of times. I've met your mom once, I think. And and you know, I'm, I'm I'm glad that for the most part, the majority of the people that I have been in the space that are parents like have always been supportive for it. And I don't know if it's if it's a a generational thing or what, but now it's going to be a standard, right? Now it's going to be like, oh yeah, my kid does YouTube videos and he that's how he makes money. You know, he doesn't need a summer job. Yeah, he's making more money than me. He has youtube you know what i mean yeah uh, but sure. back in the day it wasn't right this is something that was being built from the ground up yeah. as, as as you were doing this i was doing youtube stuff and you know we sort of intersected at a time where i could offer more right from from an exposure standpoint from everything that that sort of led to that that place i remember we we had a suite at uh 
we we didn't stay at the Hilton Anaheim uh, Anatol Anatol yeah I drove by that coming you, by yeah. a totally flashback yeah like, right oh man right that's, that's why I tell people like that's where the Green Wall was born right yeah. that's where the, the Green Wall like you know became it so for, for uh, we we stayed at a hotel like over the train tracks and I remember that I had a a uh, a flashed copy of Black Ops One do you remember that. Oh, oh wait, what came after that? Was it Black Ops One? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was yeah, it was. It was Black Ops One, yeah. right? Yeah. Modern Warfare Two, Black Ops One. Yeah. yeah so 100%. yeah, so uh, so you guys, everybody came over to my spot, and everybody was just fucking playing this thing, and I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, and uh, at the time we were, it was it was uh, Diesel and Nerve. You remember Nerve? Yeah. All right, and then a nerve's like, "Yo, we should pick these guys up. We gotta drop Nate shot, and we gotta drop fucking <laughs> Vengeance, and and then we gotta pick up Rambo, Big T, and uh, J Cap probably, and J Cap, yeah. right? And I was like, I was like, "Whoa, you think we could get them?" He's like, "He's like, hell yeah, man, blah blah blah." <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, cool. Let's 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 sort of make that th- that thing happen." So um, that's how that's how our story began. Right. Yeah, we we actually didn't drop Nate shot. We it was me and Big T that joined the team at first with Merc and Nade. Yeah. And then we played for a few months with Nate, but Nate was like busy working yeah. and rarely had time to practice. And yeah. we we're like, we're gamers at that point, right? Like this is like, oh, because like he was working at McDonald's. Right, and yeah. doing this. I mean, our passion is really just to compete, yeah. right? So like we couldn't, so he you, wasn't able to so offer So you that. dropped it. So we actually dropped Nate shot, which <laughs> flip flap a little later, in the, <laughs> a little later in the time, but <laughs> we can talk about it a little later. Yeah. Whenever. So how, obviously like everything has changed and you've seen it firsthand, like the evolution of Call of Duty, right? Because yeah. we never had true support from, from the leaks ever, right? right? It didn't happen until... Um, Vonderhaar and Black Ops One, Black maybe. Ops One was the first year we had land, like actual yeah, land support, a- actual land support, and and, yeah. and a developer that took the time to come out and see it and check it out and look mm-hmm. at it. Uh, but with, in, in those early building years, there was a lot of stuff that 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 sort of we had to make happen on our own, right? Like I I I, I remember I remember having uh, having everybody pay. So everybody that uploaded YouTube videos to to um to the channel sort of forfeited a, a, a 10% on their payout because we would use that to fund the, the travel for all the pro players, right? right? And everybody was about it. Everybody was like, hell yeah, we're competitive. So I remember like having that that cost and then on top of that we had the cost of having to fly you or what was it what did what did we pay for back then just hotel yeah it was, it was hotel and flights hotel and flights yeah. and, and it was like a difficult time because nobody knew what no, i didn't know what the fuck was happening you know right. i was a content creator i didn't know that i was going to become a business guy right i didn't know right. that i was going to be responsible for like all these kids and, 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 <laughs> oh, and yeah. all this i just i just loved call of duty and wanted to see it played at the highest you know level and i wanted to create content around it but it was it was it was one of those early moments where you sort of you sort of saw the opportunity because you saw how many fans were there for StarCraft. You saw how many fans were there for Halo. And I remember the same thing, watching them on USA Today, I get flashbacks every single time of me sitting at my at my dining room table, looking at Olivia on her stroller, like running around and then on the on the on the flat screen on top of the fucking fireplace, you know what I'm saying? Pimping. Uh, I saw USA Today. I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, video games are on TV. I'm like, this is a thing. Yeah. Like, this is a thing. This is a thing. That's so, beautiful. like, that just invigorated my 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 want to become somebody or something or be a part of it at least at the very at the very minimum, be a part of this like emerging scene that nobody for 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 what it's worth, nobody knew about it, right? Nobody. Like, the only people that knew about it were the people that played that specific game. And even then, to this day. 
I've only played four games. You played a variety of games. I played every game. Every, I mean, every competitive game that's out there, I get interested in. And like, sure. like just kind of to segue where you're talking about, like, like Walshies, the Walshie, the T squares, like the the whole Halo scene yeah. is what kind of. I can guarantee you that like 90% of the cop pros that play when I play that still play today kind of got from that that environment. That we space. all did. Yeah. Because there's just like that's what that's the kind of the, the 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 stage that there was at the time, right? Like that was that was it. Like this is what I want to do. I want that. And when you find out there's something like that for your game, that's when everyone gained interest. And that's kind of how yeah. Call D kind of bounced and, off. And we sort of had to make it happen, right? Yeah. We didn't, it didn't happen for us until we made it happen, right? We, we made sure that what we saw other people doing, like the inspiration that we got from there, we, had, we, we couldn't wait around for MLG to make those moves. We couldn't wait around for certain people to do that. So through, through certain moves and whatever happened, like we were finally able to get the, uh, the support from Sonny and Sepso where they're like, all right, let's put up a land for, for Call of Duty. Right. And, uh, and sure enough, it, it sort of little by little started becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Once, the, once we came in as Optic and once we brought that, that audience that we had garnered on YouTube, everything changed, right? Yeah. They've never seen 10,000 views right. on, a, on a live stream, right? And I remember, I remember clearly like uh i saw fuiz and hastro streaming it and i and i interrupt because they were like on the sidelines so i told them like yo this is live right and, the, and and uh and i don't know like you can find it but fuiz is like yeah man and it's, it's, it's on, since i'm on the phone and recording he knows i'm a youtuber he like snaps and he's like yeah man it's blah, blah, live it blah, blah blah i upload it from my phone to optic nation and then boom the the, the viewership just skyrocketed That's at awesome. that point they're like what just happened right what happened right there what was it and then from there, the the relationship with with uh with us and MLG sort of happened, and we started to to sort of build upon that one little instance that happened where they saw a spike in viewership just from an upload of a video, and they said, "Okay, there's an audience there. We just gotta know how to get there." And where was it the whole time? It was hiding on YouTube in plain sight. Yeah, and the- I mean, it's how COD COD's been bigger on YouTube for ages, right? Like yeah. Like back in the days we started, especially your content creating days was just like immense. Like that's sniping videos, like just to snipe the optic snipers and all that kind of stuff. Top five kill cams, like everything. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and the beauty, which became, which ended up becoming our strength in having a cyclical game as, as Call of Duty is, where every single year we have a new one. That became our strength because every single year there was a refreshment in what sort of content you could create. So whatever, you know, whatever juice we had squeezed out of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, we're able, we were able to sort of restart with a brand new game. And everything, all the content that we created for Modern Warfare, uh, the Nate spots and this, that, and the other, we were able to then bring over to World at War. And then, you know, Modern yeah. Warfare 2 and so on and so forth. The, the rest is history. Uh, but, but now I sort of feel like we're in a situation where... Where is it? Is it better to have Counter-Strike still massive, mm-hmm. right? It's still the same game, still the same map, just reinvented plays, same plays, different plays, different approach. Like everything is changed and people get people people question it as far as like, well, how many times can you see the same game being played differently? And I'm like, basketball's been around forever mm-hmm. and there's always been two hoops and a three-point line and a free throw line and nothing has changed. That map has never changed. And every single day, there's a different game with a different outcome, different plays, different movements. Right. It's the human brain, right? Um, I don't know where I was going with that thought, but I think it, it, it sort of became our strength. Anyway, uh, you guys you guys left Optic to go to Apex. This is the Modern Warfare 3, yeah. Modern Warfare 3. There was zero support from neither Activision nor Call of Duty nor PlayStation and MLG. 
There yeah. was no tournaments. And yeah. I don't know what it was. So, I mean, there was two devs at the time, right? It was Treyarch and Infinity, Infinity Ward. Ward. And yeah. Infinity Ward didn't really see, I don't know, I don't know what was worth, or it was. It didn't seem like it was worth their time to kind of support these things that we needed to, I mean, yeah. at the base it was land play, right? Yeah. Um, Treyarch gave us land play on Black Ops 1. We didn't have it on Monfrey 3. Treyarch gave us land play on Black Ops 2. We had it on Ghost, but we didn't have broadcasting mode. That was right. that was a feature on Black Ops 2. Right. Um, Granted, it could have been lack of communication, communication between your studios, could have been priorities. Like, obviously, all these studios are trying to make games that sell every year um, and trying to make new content and fresh features that, that get people to play the games, right? That's kind of what they do. Um, so esports has always been kind of a small party community for, for ages. Yeah. Uh, granted, it's growing. And right. it seems like all these other games out there are kind of the, the push for what it is. Like, the audience they're trying to reach out is more so than just their casual audience now. It's kind of the grander scheme, right? Yeah. Because the grander scheme, like the content creators and whatnot and the players have a big reach to kind of push content and then that yeah. kind of tumbles into more sales and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then the in-game content sales. Uh, but yeah, we didn't have anything. So we, we came to you. I, I remember the conversation like it was yesterday. We, we came as a group. We're like, hey, like the only tournaments we can compete at this year are going to be in Europe. And at the time, it just didn't make sense. Like feasible-wise, it wasn't for you guys in the organization. It just didn't make sense. So like we're like, okay, well, it's like it's nothing against you. We just want to be able to play. So yeah. whoever's going to be able to provide us with that is who we're going to go with. Yeah. So so as we kind of discussed that with you guys, we we put ourselves open. And then Apex came along and was like, hey, we'll give you guys full travels and we'll pay you salary. And we're like, oh, Sally, what is this? Granted, we never got any of that. Yeah. Um, but obviously, that's the early stages of the yeah. the they contract never, world. Never, I remember. All right. So tell me, tell me how that what what did it feel like for you guys because obviously you guys are, are north american kids it's you scumpy who at the time was 17 yeah 16 16 i think yeah 17 was black ops 2 so yeah, you 16. scumpy big t and Merc. big t and Merc. Merc was i think a year older than scump or two yeah and big t was but, but you guys are north american kids have never traveled outside of the united states i have well, you I, I did for bowling, so I competed in bowling tournaments before that outside the states. So okay, so you had, but yeah. nobody, no, else, nobody else. Had. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And you guys, is was this where where the plane had a lot of turbulence and you were holding on to Seth's hand? Like, <laughs> yeah, might have been one actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I was I've never been good with flying. I still am not, even though I've flown a million times in my life. But yeah, yeah it's you still get nervous. Uh, it's not nervous. It's just like I have really bad motion sickness. Yeah. And and when a plane kind of starts landing and wobbles and then like yeah. goes up and down, dude. Yeah. Like my heart just drops, like yeah. my whole body goes and shut down. <laughs> Seth always the, tells a story. He's uh, like, he's like, Seti, hold my hand. <laughs> no, but it wasn't for holding his hand. It was because I was, I felt like I had no pulse, and mm. it was just, ah, it was a weird situation. <laughs> okay, it so looked the plot a lot worse. thickens. Yeah, it looked a lot worse than the camera than it was. But, yeah. yeah, it was like. So, you, so you guys get there. Obviously, the Europeans had never seen you guys, but has has heard about you know you guys coming. You know, you guys are winning everything over here. But then here you guys are in Europe, and you're walking through through the through, was it EGL? It was EGL five. We played EGL five, seven, and eight, I think. And then the first two were in Blackpool, and the last mm -hmm. was in Manchester. Yeah. And funny story going to Europe is, and the the, the correlation of the European kids, they've never. I think they came to compete. I'm pretty sure a few of their teams came to Black Ops One events, mm -hmm. um, but not many. And then when we went out there, like the grand, like we were kind of like the thing, right? Yeah. So like Optic at the time, yeah. Apex in this case was the team to beat. And they didn't see it that way. Like, especially the Tommies. Like, I had a terrible relationship with Tommy before. Yeah. And and we kind of fixed it in multi-30 years. Um, but when we competed, oh, we absolutely hated our guts. Like, I did not like him or who he stand for or anything he yeah, was. Yeah, why? Uh, he was just always talking smack. He was always talking smack, never backing it up. Yeah. And I, I had no issues with people talking smack, like yeah. the Mad Cats and yeah. all those guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brrr, like, and just, they were throwing <laughs> fingers around in yeah. the event. Like, oh, yeah. it was... 
it was not under control, uh, but but yeah, we came out there and they're like they're totally expecting to be on our level, even better than us. Yeah, and we're like, okay, well, like like we know what we're, how good we are and how yeah. we can stand. So we show up to the first event. We lost one map. Yeah, the entire event. Yeah, only one team took a map, and it was Prophecy, and it was like a stalemate, like a really kind of not cheesy, but like close game that just didn't go in our favor. But yeah, we came out and destroyed them, and it was just like, and it was special. Like they're, we came from like a production like MLG where everything. Not necessarily like the best ran like it is today, but still from a standpoint, like they try to help the schedule as much as they could. Yeah. And and it was in Europe, it was a two day event. So we would fly in Friday or Thursday night because it was a red eye flight. Yeah. We get in Friday, trying to adjust to the time zone. And then Saturday, Sunday are the tournaments. And there's the first event, EGL5, I think has like, I'm pretty sure I had like 127 teams. Jesus. Which was massive. Yeah, massive. Like yeah, they've never had events that big. Yeah. Um, so what did it feel like, like walking through there and people just staring at you guys, knowing that you guys awesome. were? Oh, it was dope. We, the, we could you feel the stairs? We had a target on our back, like super hard, and yeah. it, I liked it. I liked that kind of like, like sure, if you're looking at me, you, I did something right. Like, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're looking at me like you, you got something against me. I don't even know you. Yeah, were they um, like, like oh, shit, no, like, no, they were respectful from our like yeah. physical space. I'd say language. No, I'm wise. saying like, they were telling their, their boys are playing. Oh. Like, like, oh, <laughs> I mean, it's fun. We had like, because back in the day, there was like one stage and it was not, not a big screen. It yeah. was a relatively okay screen. Um, and, and the community was like, like more so than today, was super driven around the game, right? Like, like I'd say like the passion of the general player community that show up to events yeah. was very much there for that. Like it wasn't like hanging buddy-buddy. Like yeah. you had your friends and whatnot, yeah. but you were very much watching what was going on. Like you were interested about a tournament from start to finish, yeah. regardless if you win or lose. So like, for example, when it came like kind of skipping ahead to the finals, like this, the the stage of like stand, people were standing in the back watching yeah and it was like basically everyone who played was there watching the finals and this is like 2 a.m on a sunday night yeah and we were flying back at like 7 a.m the next day yeah so you guys didn't even go to sleep but yeah we played like sat we played saturday morning i think at 8 a.m was our first match we didn't play till like 8 p.m that same night and there's a bunch of content on youtube that's like we're playing micro machines i don't know if you know the racing car game yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. and we're just playing because it was like they had a like a historical kind of games section and we were just hanging around, just making videos, playing us playing just other yeah. games because we had nothing else to do. Yeah. There's no practice stations. No, of course not. Like you show up to your match and you set up quickly so you can shoot around for like yeah. two minutes and then you start your match. Um, so yeah, it was it's so it was so different back then. But I I personally liked it better back then because again, like the passion and what it was. Yeah. Like you showed up and you're there for the game. You're there for like competing and yeah. and that's it. Not for Fame, going out drinking. Not for money, or, not yeah, for dude, it was like straight up. Like I love doing this, and I'm doing this because I like doing it. Yeah. And I'd say there's still like some element of that, but it's definitely changed over the years now. Yes. Yeah. I think I think there's going to be a period in time in esports where it becomes about the money, becomes about the fame, uh, and then it comes back to its roots. You know, the same way that basketball is, right? Like everybody, right. everybody that starts out as a professional athlete, they do it because they love the game and they love playing it so much that they become so good at it that they are able to sort of join the league and make money and be fame. But the second that you are famous, the second that you are rich, like none of that shit's gonna matter when you're on the court. And then you're back to it. You're back to the competitive nature. You're back to wanting to win at all costs. And some, like me, just wants, you know, wants to win. But not just that. They want to see other people lose. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, it's not, you know, it's just, that's a competitive Damn. nature in someone. You're a hater uh, is what you're saying. I'm, I'm a hater. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I'm just, you know, it's just the way I am. And um, and when you're, when you're sort of thrown into these situations where you have to sort of represent for your country at this point, right? Because you're no longer, how many American teams went over there? Uh, we were the only one actually right so yeah. it, it becomes something a little bit more right you're, yeah. you're more of a like three americans one canadian. canadian so it becomes a little bit more like 
you know, America is better than Europe. And no, Europe is better than, than that. At the time, those, like, the French teams were, were good, too, right? Yeah, there's, like the, there's a lot of, like, variety, especially in the yeah. European scene from, like, like Gotaga was the French player, the French monster, they call him. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that guy. He's good. Yeah, I like him, too. Uh, but, but he was fun. It was fun competing against him. And it's like, he would get... He would get irritated by other people saying, nah, he's the French monster because I'm French Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, then I could see like how it bothered. Like you could yeah. tell like just from a, a, a crap talking standpoint that a lot of these guys were more irritated than we were by just the shit talk. Did you ever talk shit to him in, in French? Nah, not really. I, I actually, I went to a French land in Black Ops 2. Uh, one of the teams had a kind of a team change mix and they were left with open spot. And I was really good friends with their manager. Uh, Neo, and then he actually was like, "Hey, look, because I was on, I was, I think I was just doing Envy at the time. But yeah. like, can you come play this event for us? I'll fly you out, I'll pay for everything, blah blah." So I'm like, "Oh, chance to go to Paris for free and go compete? Fuck it, let's do it." Yeah. And it was like super small, local land. Like you would, this space was like just this big, and yeah. it, but it, again, it was super passion. And I went there, and we we won the event. And I just remember, like, there's videos online of us, like, when we played that team that that had the team change. Like it was, I've never heard shit talking like that. Like, like it was just straight disrespect nonstop. After every map, the team would get up and yell at the other team across the stage. Yeah. It, it was madness. And, and it got, it got so much to where I got involved with it. Cause I felt I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. even after the match, I got up and I like give the, like the little croc shot across the stage. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, just take it. Like, <laughs> it was like, what's going on? I was like, I was like, after I'm like, realized like, oh crap. Like, but it's just a moment. Like, well, yeah. It was like, so, so much fire they, going they, on. They, and they every, affected your, oh, your, your being yeah, bro. It was, I was because i was never i've always been kind of humble I'd yeah, say yeah, that yeah. Sense. It, like, I don't mind. i don't mind i mean I'll, I'll talk trash on stage but like after a game i'll be like okay it's like good game like we won great yeah, oh we yeah. lost great good yeah, job good sportsmanship but no that, that that was like i lost all full composure as far yeah. as like emotion and i just did you guys up. win yeah we won yeah we won that match we won the event after that okay and again another of those like finishing at like 3 a.m in the morning and then we went, oh god we went to we slept at a motel that night and it was i've never been to france before that and some of their motels are like like pretty like low end, yeah. and there's no like there's no host. It's like it's a you know when you order something from like a, a, a machine. A machine is like literally you press buttons, you pay with a credit card in a machine, and it gives you a, a it gives you a code to open a door. Oh, and it was like dude, it was like a box, and there's there's like two beds like that was it, what do you call those uh, bunk beds bunk beds, and there's a there's a uh, a sink in the corner. There's no restroom in the room. No and toilet. To, there's a community rest, communal no. restroom in the hallway with communal showers. No. And then that's it. Like, and the bed had one pillow with like a crappy bedding, crappy pillow. Like, oh, jeez. Absolutely the worst. Night. I was, dude. You know, I was sick and tired. It was, oh, it was terrible. It was, but I wouldn't have done it. No, I mean, we didn't have a. I didn't have a choice at the time, right? But it was, yeah, it was special. It was just a different experience. Well, at least you went through it and came out alive on the other side. Yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't do it, man. But I, I mean, it was different back then, right? Like we didn't like. I yeah, mean, yeah. Even from an event standpoint, even we you know like going to Europe in the hotels and like England whatnot like like it's all like you come you in America and the, their bedrooms have like queen size beds or double beds and yeah. everything's kind of nice it's like a living space but in Europe they treat it differently right like space matters to them and then the the hotels and how the the standard is out there is very different it's always single beds and yeah. small TVs and all that like we go as Americans or people in North America we go out there we're like what is this but when they, I'm sure when they come here it's like oh now we know the American yeah it's like oh no wonder <laughs> I'm a fucking king out here <laughs> uh, which is crazy so you guys um you guys go over there, compete for Apex. Apex wins. Obviously, you guys end up winning. And then you guys left Apex because you guys came back, right? Because yeah. I was able to to get secure some cash from one of our sponsors. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I do remember following up the following year, us going back together to uh, 
to to Europe. Actually, let me give a quick shout out to the sponsors really quickly, and there then I'll tell you the 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 story. Right, this week's sponsor is Hims. Hims has been a a very proud sponsor of the Eavesdrop podcast, and we have been a very very proud. Uh, recipients of such sponsorships, so we certainly th- appreciate their continued support. Uh, I use them for their skincare, uh, you know, solutions because being a forty-year-old man, I have to make sure that I act before it becomes a problem. But today, we're not talking about that. Today, we are talking about something that I don't have any personal experience with, uh, fortunately. Uh, but it is a common issue amongst men, right, that they face, but they don't want to talk about it, right? If you think long and hard about what this could be. It's none other than erectile dysfunction, okay? 40% of men by the age of 40 struggle from not being able to get and maintain an erection. Why do you guys turn to weird solutions, right? If you're one of these people, why do you do that? Uh, Or why don't you do something at all about it, right? Uh, Why don't you go and turn to medicine and science? Expensive pills, injections where you don't want to be injected, why deal with all of that when you can... Check out Hims, and you can discover a tiny pill worthy of a big celebration. For Hims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. Uh, right. So if you're feeling like you're going bald or you don't want to go bald, if you go there, you'll be able to get shampoos and treatments for your hair that will, you know, sort of preemptively strike a problem that may or may not happen uh, because by the time that you start noticing it might be too late not guaranteed that it's too late but it might be a little bit too late right so stop worrying about multiple in-office doctor visits no painful injections like other treatments it's so easy right if approved by the doctor the products are shipped directly to your door being your best means performing your best it's erectile without a dysfunction this is going to be the hardest year of your life, they say, right? So try Hims today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to hymns.com slash eavesdrop5. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash eavesdrop5, E-A-V-E-S-D-R-O-P-5 for hymns.com slash eavesdrop. Uh, you get prescription products that are subject to doctor approval and require online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate for you. You have to see the the website for the full details and safety information. Make sure that you read that because this could cost hundreds if you went to an in-person doctor visit here. We save you money. Remember, that's 4hims.com forward slash eavesdrop. Start out your free online visit today by going to http colon forward slash forward slash 4hims.com forward slash eavesdrop 5. Let's get back to the show. So back to the story, Rambo. Thank you for waiting. Uh, and thank you for, to the, for the sponsors. Now, we, we go back a year later to another EGL. And I remember, like, you guys telling me that, that Apex never paid you guys or whatever. And I remember seeing the dude, the owner of Apex. And I'm like, yo, you didn't play my players. You owe them money. And I, like, I, I didn't make, I didn't cause a scene, but I was, like, in, not in his face. But I was, like, telling him, I'm like, yo, you need to pay these boys up and blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, I did pay him, blah, blah, Because he couldn't, he had a translator, right? Because he, yeah, did, he was, where's, where's he from, German? German? I think they were German people, yeah. Anyway, long story short, did they ever pay you guys? Uh, I don't think so. So, so there's, I think this was EGLA. I think it was later that year that this, this conversation happened. Uh-huh. Um, but the weirdness of the time was that the, we won the, we won the first two events and EGL paid the organization instead of paying us directly. So we were trying to get the money for the win from them. Yeah. Not even talk about contracts or anything. Yeah. We never got the like the salary, salary. or whatever. Yeah. But just getting our money for winning a tournament was hard. Like we're trying, like, dude, like this is 
like you, this is there was nothing in the contract that said you were going to take any of this. Like yeah. so, that when we heard they were getting, it, we we're like, oh, what? And so we we basically fought our way to get that. We got it. We eventually got our winnings. Yeah. But like the contract stuff, we were just like, whenever whenever you came back and like told us like, like hey, look, we can do this. Like we it was like we never left you because of anything, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the fact I that know, we couldn't know, compete. So we're like, yeah, let's just do this. So. I remember the video that you and I made together making the announcement that you guys going to go compete for Apex, and it's still on my YouTube channel somewhere. Um, but I remember clearly we we're like, yo, this isn't this doesn't have to this, this has nothing to do with anything besides the fact that there are no tournaments going on in the United right. States, and. I'm not fucking going all the way to no, Europe. It's our avenue to compete, right? Yeah, so, so like, I'm like, so I'm like, uh, this won't be the last time. We'll still blah, blah, we're still going to be friends. And, blah, blah. and sure enough, it wasn't the last time. Like I, yeah. I didn't know that it, it could have, but I didn't know, like now I know, but at the time I didn't know the big ass gamble or, or mistake that that could have been. Yeah. Had I had I yeah, been so willing. Will, the thing is this, I, I was on such a high back then, you know, my, my YouTube channel was popping. We were making so much money on YouTube videos and top five killing. And, 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 I mean, you name it, that I'm like, well, com- competitive Call of Duty is like not, they don't need us. Yeah, yeah, I'm like well, I'm like we don't. You know what I mean? But right. it, it could have had I not fought later on. And I don't remember what. At one point, I decided to fight for for shit that was happening. And I think it was when Nerve. Remember Nerve? Yeah, yeah obviously when Nerve tried to take you guys away to uh, to their fucking thing. That's when I when I decided to to, to actually fight. Because at that point, I was like. Uh, if nobody wants to be with here, that's cool. We're still gonna be doing our thing. Like we right. don't need anybody. But uh, there was this instance where, you know, um, I think Nerve wanted to go start, and I'm trying to remember the name, but it was headquarters, something headquarters. Uh, he wanted to take everybody. He wanted to take you. He wanted to take Big Timer. He wanted to take Merc and and Predator and everybody. And I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, you guys are going somewhere where there's no plan, there's no this, there's no that. Anyway, long story short, the mutiny that was about to happen against me and and an optic at the time was put to a goddamn end right away. <laughs> and Nerve, uh, who I have no problems with and I, I wish him nothing but the best, was was exiled from from the love that was Hector's love. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hector's so, love. So, you don't want to be exiled from Hector's love. <laughs> yeah, my love, Just my, love my love reigns supreme, He's, baby. I love yeah. everybody. He's got big love. Uh, so so since then, I was like, I, I sort of, I'm like, I'm like, okay, this 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 is gonna go somewhere if we really put our fucking soul and heart behind this thing. And 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 we sort of said, okay, where we didn't want to sort of impose esports onto our audience because our audience was only there for sniping our audience was only there for youtube entertainment we're like all right well, we have an opportunity here to really be the biggest right we have a really up, a good opportunity to to mean something so immediately we're like all right we're gonna start collabing with these players and blah blah that's where like sort of the nature you know story sort of begins with with his youtube channel snipers going ham with him and predator uh and obviously the massive platform that was a three hundred thousand channel that was optic nation um and that sort of took this this sort of turn, right? Because I didn't see it coming, you didn't see it coming, and nobody really expected Nateshot to sort of become the face of Call of Duty the way that he did, right. you know? Because through through all the friendships that that, that we had during our, our thing, uh, you know, Keemstar was sort of like, "Yo, I'm running this 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 Call of Duty community thing. Do you want one of your pros to play?" And then we're like, we're like, yeah, hell yeah. He's like, yeah, that way you have some representation. He's like, because they're like, do you want to play? And I'm like, I'm not playing. I'm not good enough. And I'm like, why don't we send this dude, right? So Nate goes in. He fucking wins it and walks away with like five grand or some shit. And that sort of popularized him, not only with 
with more optic fans that he already had with him, but Jericho's fans, Gold Gloves right. fans, Keemstar's fans, and sort of became this 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 sort of guy. Through this sort of rise of Nate Shot, the interest from Red Bull came came about. So it was Red Bull. That's what you're telling me right now. Yeah. Just, so it was Red. It's it's Red See, Bull. That hurts. No, it I'm, hurt. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it, it, I, I look. If it failed, and and what this is didn't exist oh dude you know what i mean no, no like just to kind of give a, a grander scheme for those who didn't know like i was on a team and then nate shot they dropped the team dropped me for nate shot in early black ops 2 yeah um and the reason like the reasoning that was given to me at the time was like the fact that i couldn't compete at a specific event online well that had something to do with it too yeah, but come on like, that, but that, it was with the sprinkle that to me time. that 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 reason to me was crap like that yeah. that hurt me but the fact like i'm always like i'm a smart human being i understand like business and whatnot and and the, the the leverage that Nate Shot could have pulled with his team yeah. to me made total sense. Yeah, but the the, the it, lying is what killed me inside. Yeah, I can't believe they lied to uh, you. Yes. They. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, for, for me, it was for me it was a a a sort of responsibility that I had to the opportunity that the team was about no, to have. You know, and and I always tell this to everybody. I'm like, had this failed, had Optic failed, had 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 we not become what we became, then none of the things that we had to do would be justified in the history books, in right. a sense. Um, that's why I never really had like that 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 sort of uh, that, that sort of mentality where I'm like, oh, I betrayed this or I, I shouldn't have done this. But for the longest time, I did. Like I sort I, I sort of picked friendships, and I mean, I think to this day, I still will pick friendships over over business in some scenarios, right? Like I I, I, I like the family that I'm with. I like the the sort of story that we created together, and and the fact that you and I get to sit here and talk as if nothing had ever happened, like sort of. You know, sort of, sort of invigorates the fact that you know this is this friendships in any space. You know, sort of transcend no matter no business yeah. or, or space. So, 100%. you know, again, that that happens, right? So you you have to be replaced by Nature, and then sort of with this lingering opportunity of Red Bull sponsoring the whole team, mm -hmm. right? And it wasn't just a sponsorship no, for Nature. I knew that. And and uh, and we're like, well, we we have to do this because this is gonna be like what what sets us apart, right? Imagine the first ever college because for me it's always like we need to be the first Call of Duty team to do this. We need to be the first Call of Duty team to to be on a magazine. We need to be the first Call of Duty team to to be uh, whatever opportunity. So right. for me it's, it's always like we need to be the first. We need to be the first. And I'm like to be the first Call of Duty team to be sponsored by Red Bull. And at the time Red was fucking everything yeah, right that was before big daddy pepsi and game fuel and mountain dew came along <laughs> you know what i mean uh but through all this is happening i'm like i'm like we need to we need to make this happen and and and, and when when they boiled down to the fact that it was only a nature sponsorship and they were sort of uh i don't know long story short we 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 did that it helped a lot obviously because of the of the notoriety that it, that that came with uh, all the cool shit that we got to do through that sort of made everything worth it in the long run, because then when you're when you have that sort of interest from from a sponsorship like that, then that means that the monsters, the rock stars, the now you know mm -hmm. game fuels sort of have the same interest and they want that talent. Um, anyway, we never got a full team sponsorship, you know, from 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 uh, Red Bull, which kind of sucked. Uh, I just found some jerseys in my garage because I, I we moved two years ago and we still have boxes that we haven't unpacked right. but I found a a a 
box of jerseys with all the mock-ups of what the 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 new optic jerseys would have looked like with that logo and they're fucking amazing <laughs> they're fire fire uh like there's one there's this one where the sleeve has a bull like on it and then it's like a, the, the the half moon or the sun right. and brand guidelines over there say that you can't ever have the bulls disconnected um, they always have to be touching through the sun. But the fact that the, the two sleeves are separated. Anyway, long story short, I found some really cool memorabilia that, gotcha. that I get to to own forever. Um, they were, you know, replica, not replica, but they were like mock-up jerseys that, that I mean, happened. Even though the team didn't get the whole thing, like, like Nate Shutter's the whole blew up. Like, especially when he joined back in the competitive scene, mm -hmm. he brought appeal to the whole scene and yep. just the team as well. And then the players with the house kind of, the house probably never would have happened with me on the team, obviously. Um, so the fact that that blew into a different kind of segment of what it became, yeah, it, the player, all the players grew from it, anyways. Like they yeah. didn't get the sponsorship directly, yeah, but everybody but, grew. But yeah, everyone grew. We from all it. did. 100%. We all benefited. Oh, 100. He grew from. He grew. Nature grew because he had this sort of uh, supporting cast in a sense for his story. The way that you know they were my supporting cast for my story, and, they, and you know the, the, everybody grew from this thing. This this thing couldn't have of 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 worked out any better because of the explosion that we saw from from this thing. Uh, you ended up going back to Envy, right? Is that? Is well, that... I was never with Envy before that, but you weren't. I thought. I thought in Modern Warfare Two, you guys competed. Oh, side by side. Nah, it was ex. Yeah. Uh, oh no no extravagant 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 sorry. icons extravagant <laughs> icons. I the 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 IXI thing yeah, always yeah. brings me to side by I side. I heard. Yeah, we whenever someone told us that, we like wait what we didn't play back then, so nah, we didn't know. So we yeah, just the Call of Duty Two team. We just kind of threw a bland eye and yeah, was like, like yeah whatever, yeah, it's fine. We're we're not. <laughs> it was that. a cool logo, IXI. Yeah, it was a fucking. Yeah. Topaz logo. Yeah. Um, IXI, for those who don't know, used to be a big clan in uh, in Call of Duty 2. And yeah. then their logo, which was an extravagant with a snake. Well, their clan tag was IXI, but yeah. our, our logo was it, like the X with the snake around it. Yeah, yeah. so dope. That so was pretty sick. Yeah. Oh, it was. Honestly, so I was still one of my, I still have a head, my headset at home. My, Do you really? I have like the plate with the extravagant yeah. logo on it. I'm still like rocking yeah. that lesson. Right? Oh, that's, that. it's, it's such a good memorabilia piece that 100%. that's super, super dope. Okay, so... You go to Envy. You so I actually played one event with Clayster. Okay, Clayster, yeah. Parasite, and Jake uh, Intake. So this is the first uh, the first event on Black Ops 2. It was a UMG Chicago event that you guys ended up winning. Yeah. Which is the, the only event you won for like a long time. But yeah, the yeah. fight, the push. Yeah. We'll call it the, the push. The shop. The shop. <laughs> The episode of that of that uh, documentary is the shop. Funny story. I was casting that actually. I was the one. Were you? I was the one commentating the match. I can't remember who I was with, but yeah, I was like talking. Oh, we pushed him. Yeah. Oh, this is terrible. Yeah. Go, going back and looking at it, it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't. But it just nature blew out of proportion. Like he pushed me a soul. Like, I was like, yeah. oh my it's god, come on, <laughs> like dude. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's back in the days where like like shit talking was just like. Like, rampant it you was were everywhere. close like yeah. like this stage now like the cdl stage is awesome but it, people are pretty far apart so you still see people kind of have the fire and throw across the stage, but like you don't you don't feel it right nah. like but when i'm right there like me and you distance wise yeah. and i'm playing yeah and i turn around and i say something you're gonna hear it yeah and there's like, no noise canceling invasion, invasion of space oh, 100%, right like dude, it's so. it's uh it's crazy so it, it you know through, throughout the mlg years there were those situations where you were playing across from each other on the on the yeah. side stages mm -hmm. right if you if you remember where uh i think panda choked a, a, a 50 50 scenario against karma and then that's when that's when uh, formal gets up and then points at them saying you fucking choked, <laughs> right and it's like me telling you yeah. aggressively and yeah. you're just 
you know, devastated the fact that yeah. you just lost. A, a, a thing that could have gone either way, a 50-50 scenario, right? <laughs> and then somebody gets it's like, you fucking choke, you choke, you choke, you choke, you choke. Bro, I, I don't know how I would have been able to react. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a pro player for a reason, and it's not my skill. It's, okay. but I wouldn't look, be able look. to. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to just let oh, some yeah. dude just fucking invade no, it, my space. I don't come from that era. You know what I mean? Where it's 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 okay. There was a sense of respect, in, like in competing. Like it was yeah. part of it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like I'm playing, and like this is like my. I can talk to them as much as they can talk to me, but like the invasion, of, like space, and just as long as there's nothing physical, right? Yeah. When you push or when you touch your opponent, yeah, that's when you kind of get like. But if it's just talk, people were okay to handle it. It was even. It was worse in Europe. Like yeah. in Europe, like the language people use, like I mean, they were talking oh. about like physical like appearances and all that. Like, yeah. like it was bad. Like it wasn't just about the game. Like, I have choked. videos. Yeah, no, it was it was it was pretty bad. I have videos where I I, I won't talk about it, but I have videos yeah, where I'm, I'm side sure stages do. of people that I, I mean I haven't seen them in a long I haven't seen them in years. Right, these videos, but I have them in my X Files. But I I have videos where just side stations are just going at each other like i'm talking about to the throat right like yeah. taking 100 no, like bad it was, stuff it was mental but, warfare it's part of it like like it's yeah. like me getting into your head through talking and playing was an experience that like i'm trying to get you off your game it happened to me one time to me someone experienced you experienced it nice. yeah it happened to me one time i was at a i think it was uh columbus or yeah it was columbus it was an mlg columbus event we are in the in the middle of a over the floor just competing and this dude the spectator that was with some i don't even remember the name of the team what game was this <sighs> black ops one was it the one that we won that we played all day i don't think so no yeah. it was a different it was like it was far it was farther down okay um you know i was i was already me you know what i mean I, I had already become who, who you know i i i'd already paid my dues and done like go good by the community done good by my players and you know whatever but this dude's just fucking staring at me talking shit to me I'm, I, I'm. I've never. You know what I mean. I've, I, I, he I included I, you. Yeah. How dare he? <laughs> you know, bastard. So I, I remember in high school, my friends and I went to Zion. I don't even remember the name of the high school, but Michael Jordan was there because his sons were there. Okay. Right. So we went there, and and when any time that Michael Jordan's son did something, the crowd erupted, right? But he did not. He he just. Just regular, yeah. Yeah, regular. He's just, it's competition. He, right. And from there, I decided that I was going to be that. Right. You know, like, I'll get happy, but I'm not going to, you know, be like, blah, 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 right? right. Like, if you, yeah, I, 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 I am never in the in the stands. I'm always in the back watching privately, and I'll do my, oh, or my, oh, right? <laughs> privately, yeah. right? Because I want to have the discipline that Jordan did, right? Like, well, of course, I'm going to be biased, and I want my team to win, but it's competent. And long yeah. story short... I've never been that guy. I've never been the guy to point a hat and be like, "Ha you fucking fucking me!" Right? Never been that guy. You can be fun in games. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, yeah. But but that's, I've never been that guy. Gotcha. And this dude, this fucking dude's my height, a little bit bigger than me, like tattoos and all that. Shit. I don't remember. Fucking, I wish I remember the name of the team. But this dude's talking shit to me, and I'm staring at him, and I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm, in my head, I'm like, I know you're not fucking. Talking. And we're losing too. And I'm the worst fucking loser. <laughs> yeah, you're like I, I, don't, I, I, I just, that. it's not. And I and I'm just. <laughs> fuming inside and i'm like i'm like how dare this motherfucker look I'm like this fucking nobody right like like what the fuck have you done you know what i'm saying at least i'm helping you're just fucking spectating or whatever uh and i'm just sitting there i'm like all right cool and i was like i'm like i look at him I'm like i don't remember what happened but it, it i said something that made him approach me later on in that night Oof. okay in a hotel lobby i see him and he's with a mob of people oh right no. And he looks at me and he says something. I'm like, I'm like, what? So I stand up and I'm in my suit because at the time 
uh, the after parties, you always dressed up a little bit, yeah, right? Little bit, yeah. uh, you know, you, 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 yeah, you got to look good, yeah. especially as business people. Yeah. Uh, going to go party with Sonny and Sepso, you know, whatever. So this dude comes and gets in my face. And I'm like, see, that's not what, this This isn't that. Right. You know, this no, isn't somewhere not. I'm going to be like, hey, man, no. It's so the second that he takes one step too close to me, I fucking shove his ass. Whoosh. <laughs> Right? Big ass dude. Goes fucking flying backwards. And everybody's like, yo, 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 yo. And I'm like, what the fuck are you going to do? Right? Like, what the fuck are you, pussy? You're like, bad I'm, boy. Yeah, I'm You're like, bad I'm boy. And then across the lobby, because we're in a hotel. Across the lobby, I see a cop. Oh, but no. the cop saw the whole thing. I'm sitting here talking with friends. And this dude comes menacing, coming around. I don't fucking remember. I was, I was you know, I was a little bit drinking. I was having I'm fun. sure. But this dude comes up to me. And the second, like, I could have, any other time, I would have swung. It wouldn't have been a, 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 it would have been a defense mechanism where I'm just right. used to like this is what you got to do when somebody yeah, yeah. invades your in a menacing way invades your privacy or your your, your personal space. This dude steps too close and I'm like, whoosh! And then I see like the amount of people is like, no, chill, 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 chill. And I'm like, why me? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not even fucking playing. You're not even fucking playing. Like yeah. you, you approached the wrong. Dude. I think that he thought because of his size and whatever history he had in the past with people that he approached a certain way that people cowered away. Hmm. But he stepped to the wrong dude in that day. <laughs> Anyway, I just I bad am not boy hex. No, whoa! I didn't do anything. I was I was enjoying my team getting their asses kicked. You know, what I'm saying they were fucking losing. Anyway, that's I wasn't why. on the team. Huh? No, no, sorry, not that. No, 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 you were not. We wouldn't have been fucking losing. Anyway, long story short, I uh, I, I experienced that. I experienced the invasion of personal space yeah, because fun. of an esports thing. I don't mind it if, if 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 I was competing and you know I was being I think I think that I would I would have the discipline enough to be mad inside but you know take it because right. I sure as fuck will dish it out. No, you better believe that I'd be in people's faces. Oh. I am I am now. Yeah. I shoot bodies. I talk shit. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, like, people, I don't understand the craze behind everyone getting mad when someone shoots your body, dude. It's yeah. just like I can't talk to you because I'm playing online against you. It's my way of talking shit. Yeah, like I don't get it. Everyone gets yeah. so angry and so yeah. like butthurt about it. It's Not like, me. Oh, you shoot my body. Those guys are trash. No. It's yeah, like, dude, yeah. like he's just getting your head. He's getting, you're getting mad about it. He's, it's working. I don't like when when the team that we're playing in game battles is down four one and, and shooting my body because they won. Well, one yeah, it makes round. no sense. At that point, it makes no I'm, sense. I'm just annoyed yeah. by it at that yeah. point. Well, it's working on you then. If they're shooting yeah, no, it works. Yeah, yeah, they get in my head. I suck for the rest of the map and I lose. <laughs> and then for sweets about how Hector went zero yeah. six next. Oh uh, no, it's Hutch. Hutch is oh, the Hutch guy that's, that's that's the uh, that's the antagonist here. <laughs> uh, all right, that aside. Uh, from from envy, you sort of have your your little stints up until ghosts, and then you retire, right? One of the saddest days in Call of Duty because the smartest man in the room is the smartest man in Call of Duty retires. I wasn't retiring, retire. I mean, I technically I never officially retired. I never said like, oh, I'm done playing. Granted, I kind of knew inside a little bit, but yeah. but yeah, no, because I got dropped early in the year. Like the scum thing happened. I'm sure you remember that. Yeah, um, for fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you remember that. So, so kind of long story short, we played the Philly event, Ghost. Uh, we had a rough kind of was a losers semi or something like that. Um, we ended up losing in a kind of tough way, and I didn't have the best of last maps. And then the team kind of talks after and is like, they're talking to Scump. They're like, hey, look, like we have a chance to pick up Scumpy. Would you be willing to coach instead of playing? And at that time, I'm like, like I'm under a visa with Envy, and it like it sucked, right? Because I'm still like I still want to play, but. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm kind of looking at the situation like, yeah, I mean, it's fucking scumpy. Like, if you're gonna replace me with anyone in the community, that I'm gonna be okay with. This is the guy. Yeah, because the, guy the guy's gonna help skill. us win. Oh, he's gonna, he's yeah. gonna, he's gonna help us win 100. Yeah. percent Like, you lose some of the leadership in game, but like the skill amount is like, we're gonna be dirty. 
And then I start talking with Hastro and we talk with the team. It's like, I'll get a percentage of our winnings to make sure that I'm able to sustain and, and do my thing. And then I'll be helped on the side and I can do more content, right? I can help the team win and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So we spend two weeks of practicing. Everything goes great. Um, I guess you probably spoke to Scump again or his mom or something like that. And he decides to go back. No, it was all, it was all, it was all Seth. He saw his viewership like go down uh, and down. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yo, I gotta come back. I so, gotta come back. Yeah, anyways, like everything's going well playing wise, but yeah, I guess that happens. And then he wants to go back and then we're left with a hole and then proof he doesn't want to play with me for whatever reason at the time. Um, and then Gunjar and Merck are left in a situation where like, okay, well, like we gotta pick and choose, like who's gonna be easier to get another teammate with. Long story short, we kind of go through it and then Proof ends up leaving. Gunjar goes to TK and then it's me and Merkel for two. We pick up study and nameless like, I don't know, three weeks before the, the regional qualifier for champs. We qualify and then we go all the way to champs. We make the crazy kind of insane, crazy run through the loser bracket yeah. and then we get second at the event. We absolutely get trash in the finals and I have a really bad final. And again, the team wants me off the, like two weeks. I guess they're already talking to Parasite at the time and then yeah. two weeks later, they're like, uh, yeah, like we played a, we already had committed to the PAX event. So I played that event and that's my last competitive event. And then that, right after that, they say, we want you off the team. Like it's either, well, I guess they, Nameless and Study told Hestro, it's either raise off the team, we pick a Parasite, or we go to Optic Nation. I guess you guys were trying to kill it and someone else was trying to make a team. It would that would never happen. Anyways, yeah, it would have happened. But no, that would have never happened. I care about a lot of things and brand is the number one thing so if if, if they don't fit within my plan of gotcha. what it looks like well there you go the yeah. ultimatum the, the ultimatum was a bluff bluff uh, fucking bluff. bluffers uh, i would never uh, let Hashtag, killer Hashtag fucking, call the bluff. <laughs> yeah i would have never let that happen i would have so, much rather drop nation as a whole so yeah so like basically the the midst of it happens where um the the change happens so i'm like obviously i'm not happy with it at the time i'm like well this is bullshit like scumpy replaced me i completely understand but parasite replaced me sorry bro nah this guy's going from team to team yeah i'm sorry i felt personally that i was a more i would help the team more than he did skill wise, asset, yeah. yeah skill wise i'm sure he's probably better than me but just from a, from a standpoint of like we just got second to champs like like this is this that was a tournament of the year like every year like kind of what you're describing earlier like mid-year was kind of the big tournament and the rest of the year is kind of like eh like whatever we're kind of prepping for the next event and the next game at that point uh, we still want to win but like it's not as important because we made our big chunk of money at that yeah. point um so yeah i didn't like it at all i was like i tried doing the coach thing but parasite was just like impossible to work with on that front um so we i just wasn't about it and then that's when jay perrier from activision and slash track oh i love jay jay's one of the like when you said earlier for vaughn for for black ops i'm sure jay has probably equal oh, or more course, effect yeah. on everything that happened because jay loves esports and he's yeah. a great guy and he's always pushed for the community in general uh, but he comes out and then like he messaged me on uh, through email. He's like, "Hey, dude, like there's a studio that's kind of coming up, and that's going to be making Call of Duty games. Would you be interested in coming out and help, helping them out?" And I'm like, "Well, that's cool." Yeah, that was one of the avenues that I saw myself when I was done competing. Yeah, at the time I didn't feel like I was done, but they came in with an attitude of like, "Hey, look, like just help us ship this game, which was AW at the time." And I spent four months there before they ship, and I kind of would deal with Visa crap again, uh, but we found a whatever way of doing it. And I went to, I moved to the Bay Area for four months. They had me, they hosted me in an apartment that they paid for and they paid me whatever amount of money that I made to do what, just help them prep a game. Like I was just, from a professional standpoint, I went through like all the weapons, all the maps. Like I was like giving them tips and tricks on like certain objectives, places, placements and whatnot. And yeah. just making sure like trying to proof the game from a balancing standpoint as much yeah. as I could. And at the same time, like when I first, I, Michael Conjure at the time was a studio head. Like we had, a, like he's the one that mostly brought one wanted me on. Funny story. Him, Dr. Disrespect, and Greg Greg Reisdorf were at Black Ops 2 Champs. Yeah. And right before our winner's finals match against Rico, they came to the stage and they started talking to us. And they they like, hey, like, my, uh, like I knew Guy, obviously, because I played GBs yeah. with Guy on, what is it, Black Ops 1 or whatever. Yeah. So, like, oh, shit, that's Guy. Like, that's awesome. 
Um, guys, Doctor Disrespect. Yeah, guys, Doctor Disrespect in this case because people don't yeah. people don't know that. But uh, Guy Beam, baby, I love that guy. Guy Beam. Um, but yeah, like so. What Conj- a fucking name too, right? <laughs> the Beamer. Yeah. <laughs> but we start talking about. They're like asking me like, oh, what makes good maps and what what uh, I'm telling. Oh, three lanes is awesome. Like cement symmetry and then gun balance, great. Like try and make it as many weapons as possible. Kind of give him the kind of lowdown, and, and yeah. it was almost like an interview for for a future kind yeah. of two years later. Uh, I mean that stage. So like when I started, I was like, oh, we already talked to you about certain. Oh yeah, like I remember talking to you guys. So yeah, I was talking to like a couple of guys there, and they brought me on, and and I spent the four months there, and and the understanding when I first joined was like, hey, like this is your kind of like not tryout, but like yeah. like if you like doing this and we feel like you're good at it, then we'll keep you. And I'm like, I'm I didn't really look at it with too much of like a serious tone at the time, um, but yeah, it worked out. Like I I it was fun. It was I, I felt like it was an opportunity for me to kind of go into the, the back scenes and try and help Call of Duty from an esports and just Call of Duty game standpoint uh, to grow from mm-hmm, the inside. And mm-hmm. and and because the playing stuff was just going to be complicated with visa situations because yeah. I was living in the States and I'm Canadian. So for people who don't know, you need visas to live in the States and work um, to be taxed in the States and all that crap. So, and then it's expensive. It takes time. And if I have to do that, change every time I change a team and especially with the community at the time was very kind of loosely people kicking each other, friendship, whatever, bull crap. Um, I didn't see myself playing with players that I felt were going to want to keep me. Yeah. Like Merc, Big T, J-Cap, Scumpy. All day long. Like those were the four guys that like I could compete with. Like you give me any, like at least two guys of those those four guys on the team, I don't feel like my job's in risk. Yeah. But when it was just one of them or just other players, like yeah. it, like they just didn't understand. They didn't treat it as a, as a job, as yeah, a yeah, business, yeah. right? Yeah. And that that's hurtful for me because I'm I'm like what three or four years old and everyone else at the time. Yeah. So like this is my life. Like yeah. if this doesn't work for me, I got no no food on the table. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like the the, the change was great. I ended up being at Sledge for five and a half years. I learned a lot. I, re- I remember when you when you first got there. Uh, I was talking to guy. I was talking to Doctor D because at the time Doctor Disrespect was what map designing or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I remember I remember being there and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was um, Migs. Yeah, Brian Miggs. Yeah, Brian Miggs or who? But he's like, he's like, yeah, guy, guys, guys, mad because he's no longer the best Call of Duty player in the fucking company, right? You have Rambo in here, like beating that ass, and I'm like, I remember bringing it up. He's like, he's like, nah, 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 nah. it's not true, it's not true, it's not true. Uh, but, but yeah. So, what, what did you do exactly? Just uh, sort of from a balanced pro player point of view, or did you see and oversee anything that had to do with just like? pubs in general was it was it more because it had to have been fun right like it's oh, yeah. there's it, i would love to work for you know call of duty i, I love the call of duty's my life call of duty's uh, life I'll, I'll give you the goods and the bad so just to start like my my official title was competitive system designer mm-hmm. so to start with just so when people understand what goes into making video games there our studio at ship had probably 350 employees there's about I'd say, let's say a quarter of that, or maybe a little less are engineers, people that kind of write code and that you expect like what, what it is to make video games. Um, it's a lot more compli- complicated what people think. We have artists that kind of draw and, and get stuff in game and then through programs, create 3D models for weapons, for maps, environment, like everything you can think of that you see. Uh, there's producers, the people that kind of help the flow and make sure everything goes through right. And then there's designers. Um, for the most part, those are the four kind of quadrants. Jesus. Um, so the designers are the people that kind of tell, like, well, they'll work with the engineers and they'll work with the artists as to what they want and what they're looking for. And then there's the creative vision, the creative director, like, heads, like there's... There's literally like it's it's a not a mess, but there's just so much going on at once that it's it makes making these games pretty difficult, right? It's not mm-hmm. like just like 
like for just for lack of a, I was one of the guys on the other side that was kind of saying, oh, it can't be that hard to do that. Yeah, yeah. Like Black Ops, or was it Modern Fortune and Have Land? How hard is it to take land? Just copy paste what they did on Black Ops One, put on this game. But like every, there's so many code things and. It, it, without saying too much, I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't know how much I can say. Uh, but just from a point of view, like like the the outside perspective is very different than what you you would think. You know? Yeah. Um. So the the amount of differences and and aspects on how studios do things because we're all making Call of Duty game, but we're all different studios. It's just like things that Optic Gaming go differently at teams at Team Envious. Like we're still holding professional teams, but the way you handle things are different than what another team handles, even though you're doing the same thing mm-hmm. or you're trying to create a product similar in the end. Um. But yeah, like the the cool parts of my job where it's like my my role in general was mostly balancing but I, from a technical standpoint i would put the weapons in the game so i would hook up weapons so i would get assets from the artists and assets from the sound team and assets from basically different everything that goes into weapons and i would put them in the game so like i would hook up in in certain code areas it wasn't like me typing code is more me kind of changing the code to yeah to work for like oh the pp90 needs to work this way and then i would be the one who set like the fire rate and then the damages and try and make the balance and tuning of all the weapons happen for world war ii mostly is kind of the games that i did that from start to finish mm-hmm. uh then i would also have kind of my my hand pickings on like trying to help with map design like the we play the game every day that we're making granted it changes vastly from day to day yeah. depending on the time we're in but like when we make a new map, we're we're iterating, we're changing things, and there's feedback. And then my my feedback would have kind of a place in for trying to make a map competitively viable, uh, whether it worked or not. Sometimes, like it would basically trying to make it to where like spawns and everything would work properly. Um, trying to understand values on how spawns work. There's spawns work basically. There's weights like there's there's basically line of sight and weights on how it works. Um, I would try and help tune that. Um, and then yeah, just like just from a general standpoint, like just trying to help make the game as best as a casual standpoint, because there's a big understanding that like a good casual, like if you make a good game, it's going to be good competitively, Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the professional players out there will think that like, oh, just make a game for competitive. But like if you take for Black Ops 2, for example, it's still a game that was made for casual. All the pros loved it because it just, the game was very, like it was balanced and it was constant. And then everything about the game just made sense from a casual standpoint. And then it transferred into competitive. Like the weapons were balanced. We used what? I want to say we like I use MP7. I was an outlier, but from an SMG standpoint, we had like three or four, maybe three weapons that we use: mm-hmm. a Scorpion, MSMC, and MP7. AR. We had like I think everybody used the MSMC though, like for the most part. But you saw you saw a variety, right? Yeah. There's still the outside mind yeah. that like if I'm doing this specific thing on a specific map, I can use this, and this will actually work more so than this other weapon. Um, and that's kind of the the things that maybe have been lost for the last couple of years from like the players just feel like there's one great thing and they all want to yeah. use it and then GAs and all that. Crap. Yeah, that's a different discussion. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was interesting The I'd say, I'd say the really parts that I didn't enjoy from it was the politics, like just like anything in life, there's always, there's different hands and different baskets. And then there's certain things that you want to do that you can't do, uh, for whatever reason. Um, not always described in the best ways. It's, a like Activision is a publisher and then there's three studios under them. So there's a lot of decisions kind of flying around from the top and bottom. Uh, at the end of the day, they're trying to make games that sell, right? So it's just the basis of it. There's priorities on certain things like esports. Like for me personally, I love esports. So my part of my job was to create the broadcaster and, and try and make a rank play that was fun. And like we had rank play one or two and I helped design that very, very, uh, not aggressively, but yeah. uh, I was a big part of it, trying to make it the best way of co- casuals trying to play pros. Like that was my goal was like, yeah. how can we make it to where pros like playing this so that casuals have a chance to play against pros and yeah. then it snowballs into everyone kind of being interested by it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating. It was frustrating for me. And I was the only part that I didn't like about the job 
to not be able to have the priorities on certain things that I really wanted to see. And that's, I mean, that's everyone in that studio had the yeah, same feeling, right? Like everyone in every game industry, like everyone who makes any games in any studio yeah. has that feeling. Because you're artists at the end of the day and then yeah, you're, you're trying you're to create into a sports. And yeah, it's, I always talk about it, so I won't in, in this scenario. So when, when was your last time? Well, so you worked there up until you got you accepted the job at, at empire yeah so my last day was february 20th so this is this like, year of this year yeah it's like so up until now you've still been working there yeah and well, then on the side on the side you were winning bowling tournaments yeah so i mean so the great thing How about did that happen so so the so i was a bowler growing up yeah like bowling yeah. was my sport i played hockey i played baseball i played kind of a lot of sports on the side but bowling was like my family thing my whole dad's family were bowlers so I was like, there's videos of me like in, a, in diapers at two years old throwing a plastic ball on, on plastic pins in my apartment. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was the thing for me. Like that was my fun aspect. And I kind of like what I said earlier, I wanted to be a professional bowler. Um, but when the gaming started, like being like some people, the thing that people don't understand is being pro gamer or basically doing anything in the esports world requires an immense amount of investment and time. And you don't really have time to do anything else because the, the moment you stop doing something, someone else is doing it more than you and that person is getting ahead. Yeah. There's content, playing, anything. This yeah. is like, this is a rule of thumb in anything. So uh, when I first started doing it like full-time playing, I just couldn't really do anything else. And granted, I was sick. And when I got better, I just like, okay, well, I don't have time to do this anymore. Um, so the, the dream went more like I got to do something professionally, which was awesome, but I didn't get the bowl. So when I first moved to the Bay Area to do, and I got stability and whatnot in the job, I was like, look, I got... Like the job is very much like a yeah. like an eight to five job, right? And it's not like you could bowl and play because like don't your fingers get swollen? Yeah, it was a little. Yeah, I actually have a, that, I have a neuroma in my thumb right now from bowling. A, 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 a what? A neuroma, which what? is like a bruised Does it nerve. Smell bad? No, <laughs> it's a bruised nerve. It's just yeah. it's it's something, anyways. But I was but yeah, joking. No, like, I know what a neuroma is. I'm a neuroscientist. <laughs> but but yeah, like you said, the like the 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 mix between the two just doesn't work very well. Um, but yeah, like working at Sledgehammer is an eight to five job. So like I, like I go to work, I think about work. I'm done with work. I don't think about work. Like I'll think about it a little bit. I'll yeah. watch whatever content on the side. But or like you just walk away from. But it. yeah, I walk away from. It. I go to my, my my girlfriend at the time and my fiance and my dog and I have time. I have time to have fun. I got my weekends to myself. I got Saturday and Sunday like a normal human being. Mm -hmm. I get to go do what I want. And then I started bowling. I started picking up bowling again. I played at like a Tuesday night league with some friends that I met out there, and it was fun. And then I heard there was like PBA regionals, which is like the I would say like the semi pro, like imagine the contenders leagues for the CDL. Yeah. So it's like people aspiring to be professionals. Yeah. Like it's it's like they have tournaments, basically almost bi-weekly tournaments, yeah. regional stuff, which still like there's a lot of actual national professionals that play them. Yeah. It's just like if there's no actual big tournaments going on, they play those. Um, so there's still money involved, and I got to, I started playing those, and I got picked up by a company, Storm, which is a, a professional, like one of the bigger, if not, in my opinion, the biggest bowling company. Yeah. Um, shout out to them, Storm Nation. Yeah, baby. Just Storm go. Nation, Hashtag baby. Hashtag Storm Nation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, get your bowling balls and gloves and uh, <laughs> no gloves, no gloves, just bowling balls. Chalks. But yeah. I've seen people wear uh, on the uh, not on their throwing hand, but I've seen people wear like glove on the on the left no, hand. That's a misconception. Yeah, I mean, those I made people, that shit up. I people, put I put that glove in there. Their... I, there's I can think of like maybe one or two, but those people. That's what I saw. Those people don't know what they're doing. Yeah, because like, this hand doesn't mean much unless you're doing two handed. There's a two handed style now that people like Belmo. I don't know if you know those. Anyways, <laughs> anyways. Just kind of. I'm story. a good bowler, but obviously. Oh, yeah, are you? Okay, we'll have to find yeah. out. We'll have to figure I, out. I, I, shoot, it's, I, I don't know how to do the curve thing. Uh, I don't but, I'm not a good bowler. Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> In my circle of friends, okay, yeah, I got you. Who, who are also not good bowlers, I'm uh, pretty good. But yeah, I, I ended up starting doing the like the semi-professional scene. I started late, and I got my PBA card, which is like makes you a professional. Mm -hmm. 
um, which is not as cool as it sounds, but it's yeah. like still, it's like it allows me to play tournaments on a full, like in a full time basis, or at least for the weekends. So I went to work on weekdays yeah. and I bowled on weekends. My first year competing, I won the PBA Player of the Year and Regional, or PBA and Rookie Player of the Year in the West Region. My first year competing, damn, which is pretty yeah. dope. That's so yeah, dope. I won. Two, I did see that you were yeah. ranked number one at one point yeah, or something. Yeah. So I won. I won. Like I was on their website and I had videos and I was sponsored by Storm. It was like it was super cool, dude. It was like. Yeah. It was like kind of like almost like a dream come true because that's what I want to do when I was a kid. Yeah. So I got around playing a bunch of these like top notch bowlers in the area, and I was the yeah. best in my region, which was awesome. So your dad must have been super hyped. Oh about hell it. yeah, he was. I mean, he was just sad he couldn't be there to watch yeah. all the time because obviously yeah. he's back in Canada. So. Yeah. But no, it was awesome. And then I, I went to, I was actually really close to making a national television final. Oh shit! And it was a 2000, I think it's 17. There was a, I, that was my first actual real professional event. It was called the World Series of Bowling where they have four different events. It's basically, uh, for people who don't know, these like people think bowling are not athletes. Like how many games of bowling do you do you bowl normally? Like two or three? Yeah, one. Do you feel like your hand hurts? If or I like finish. Body, do you feel like your body hurts a little bit in the next no, day? No, no, just my, my, my middle finger. Right, your finger it, hurts. It gets really swollen. Okay. so it, your gets, it gets thick. Okay. All right. So imagine this. I went to a bowling tournament real time. The first day, you bowl 10 games. The second day, you bowl 10 games. The third day is a practice day where you're bowling a lot. And there's a practice day before that as well. Yeah. The fifth or the, the, the third. So fourth day, you bowl 10 games. Yeah. The fifth day, you bowl 10 games. Every day. You bowl 40 games in five days. My body was in shambles. Yeah. Like, I was not ready for that kind of beating. Yeah. But the last day, so there are all four days are individual tournaments and they're accumulated into one kind of major, like the majors in bowling. Uh, which is the world series of bowling at that point but each day is like an individual kind of animal Jeez, pattern tournament man. so the last day i made the cut so there's 190 bowlers the best bowlers in the world yeah i made the top 16 made the cut so the, the last day i qualified 12th yeah so i made the the match play round so i had to this is in reno at the time so it was four hours of drive so it was not too bad yeah so i had to drive back work for yeah. three days and then yeah. i drove back to bowling. why don't you just say some time off i just some FMLA. Have, no it's corporate bro i don't have that much time off like i gotta make Dang. that i gotta make that money i gotta work yeah so i go back on the thursday like this is sunday at the time so i go back on the thursday to bowl the match play round so this is me against like another like so it's me and you play a best of five yeah and whoever wins that goes on to the next round so i played this guy called zeke Bade and then played really well and we had some close games but i beat him 31 i heard of zeke Bade. yeah no, <laughs> no, <okay>. yeah so <laughs> then so then I then I then it's the match to make the TV show. It's a best yeah. of three, and I played Jason Belmonte, who's the best bowler in the world at the time. I heard Jason yeah, Belmonte. He's the two-hander. He's a beast, and uh, he took me out. But it was cool. Like the to experience that kind of high yeah. level of like play was just like amazing. Like it was yeah. like like again like I was a kid just watching these guys bowl, and I was doing my doing my thing. Yeah, the difference Actually. is that you played in front in front of thousands, oh, right? And yeah. so you had that like, oh, this ain't nothing. Yeah, I've, done, no. I've been doing this. My competitive juices were yeah. good, dude. Like. And, and for the record, I, I, I yes, bowlers are athletes. It's the golfers that I consider not athletes. I'm just kidding because you're a golfer too, right? Get me going. <laughs> oh, Get me going. <laughs> got all got, got all ready to go. Um, so so I saw when I saw that you were ranked number one in that region, I was like, yo, what the fuck? I tweeted it. I'm like, yo, this my man is out here like kicking ass over here. I didn't know that you were still. I thought you were doing that just exclusively. I didn't know that you were still working a sledgehammer. Oh no, working a sledge was my main thing. That was my yeah. side thing. Yeah, and it's funny because I made like thirty grand bowling that year. So yeah, it was like cool, kind of like I mean, yeah. It's, like the the region on top of that, like three hundred and fifty. Nah, that you were hey, paid whoa, for not even close. Chill, dude. It's not even close. <laughs> Plus residuals and, on every and, game shipped. And oh even, my god, and, and skins, shit. And even even if I did, dude, California just eats up all the money, dude. It's yeah. crazy. Like the taxes out there, like from a, from like a money standpoint, like literally half of your money goes to taxes. Yeah. So it's like even if you make a ton, like the cost of life is immense, and yeah. you're spending most of your money on a rent or whatever you yeah. can't pay for. It's, so w when did when did Hasler reach out to you? 
Because uh, this is the reason I'm asking. Because I'm a big storyline guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a big do everything for content kind of guy. Okay. And in my head, I had like them like I'm like man, Ramble comes back. That's like the best fucking like uh, reunion ever. You know what I mean? Like here right. he comes. He coaches, win a championship, fucking best. But you ended up coming back and winning a championship. But with him, how did that happen? When was it? So, so the CDL, there's talking behind the scenes. The CDL was going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure a lot of the, the potential owners were were spoken to early. Mm-hmm. That's about when I Hasho reached out to me and was like, "Hey, look, this is going to be something. Would you be interested in coming out?" Damn. And it was, I'd say, midway through last, maybe a little past midway through last year. Um, so at the time, nothing. Con- it was just a kind of opening conversation. I yeah. started thinking about it, and I was like, like I still like doing what I did at Sledgehammer, and I still like. From a standpoint, like money wasn't uh, wasn't a big issue. Like it was just like I'm, I'm able to live. California is awesome. I had a fiance out there. Like I have friends. Like I, it didn't hit me as like this is an opportunity for something bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say two or three months went by, or about two or three months before the whole league starts, and then he starts kind of like, hey, look, this is crunch time. Like, do we, like, are you interested in doing something? So we start talking about potential roles, and yeah. then we have like a like four or five month, like literally crazy, like three or four or five month back and forth with lawyers as to what I can and can't do because I'm Canadian, so I get another visa. Yeah. Um, which sucks because I was probably eight months or 12 months away from getting a green card. Oh. Where I was, which would have been basically, for those who don't know, green cards allow you to basically just work wherever you want. Yeah. Like you're basically a citizen without being a citizen. I can't yeah. vote or I can't jury duty or whatever. Yeah. Like the basic kind of citizen yeah. stuff. But everything else I have access to. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get married, so eventually I'm sure it'll go away. Yeah. But yeah, we had to handle the visa stuff. So like that, that was a painful process again, like it is every time. Uh, it took a few months and that's why that's why I came on so late like we were trying to get me on as soon as the whole thing was announced so yeah. like, so I announced it with the players and like kind of you were saying like it's a big thing like yeah. I get back in the scene yeah. and oh, it's fucking like, amazing. Yeah, like blow up like like from a content standpoint yeah. and again like getting involved with the players even from like the head coach standpoint Yeah, like the most important part for a head coach is probably like the first three or four weeks of a game because oh, yeah. that's when like all <laughs> you want all the input and understanding of knowledge that's part of the game to really come to and, and be div- divulged to the players um, so I came in at a point where like most of the basic stuff was figured out and like even my involvement before we won the event was like i don't know a week and a half and i was moving in the middle of that trying yeah. to move my stuff around so i didn't really get to do that much but the stuff that i did there was like more open conversation for stuff that i saw that they weren't doing i'm not it was never a point where like oh clay you should be doing this or that it was like hey look like we did this here can we do something else um and that's kind of my way of handling things so yeah. far as a coach yeah um, it might change in the future it might not yeah uh, i learned a lot from being at sledgehammer just from a management standpoint like like being in a real not i'm going to say real work environment yeah. because it works a lot different in real yeah, of course in those kind of corporate jobs um but yeah it kind of changes the person in that in that time yeah i mean not, i'll be the first one to admit i was not fun to play with and i'm sure <laughs> the players yeah would tell you that uh like scumpy and those guys like i i did what i needed to do to get my my uh my two cents across and understood on the spot i was very much almost like a general like yeah. i would i would tell you how it is i would never yeah. beat around the bush like yeah. if i wanted something changed i would tell you and then yeah. like it or not this is what's being said and i'm expecting you to fully kind of adapt to that yeah um so like my teams when i competed and the, the teams that i was most successful with were people that were able to take that kind of like back and forth yeah like merrick and scump and big t again jacob like those guys were like very much like open to what I had to say, sure would not like it very much, but would never like talk back in a way that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like don't tell me to do like, this. Don't call me Damon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man, yeah, Karma's not the best experience I had team with. But, uh, I, I love the guy, but yeah, as yeah, teammates, so we, we, didn't, we didn't match. One but, of my favorite people in the world, yeah. for sure. 
But uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was crazy. Like just the, the mindset and change. And I'm like kind of realizing that now, like there's a little voice inside me that wants to be like that guy. But at the same time, I like, I understand that's not the most productive way. And I'm not a player anymore. So I don't have like the weight as much as I used to. And then, yeah. especially coming at a later stage, like Clay and Krim have done a lot of work with the young kids. Of course. And they've done most of it, if anything, like with just understanding and trying to help them learn what they need to learn. Like especially Illy and Shotzi who like, I mean, Illy played competitive COD for a while, S&D stuff. And then Shotzi came from Halo. Um, but just from a standpoint, like there's so many small things at a pro level that you need to be able to do nonstop mm. quickly that need to be instinctive that they don't really understand even just yet. There's certain things that they don't get yet and they're still in a growing process, but Krim and Clay like accentuated that process. Like, I mean, coming in, I was expecting those kids to be like, I don't know, like half of what they are now. Mm -hmm. And I'd say they're already like their experience level is already like one of the player that like a person like me and you would have got in. It would have taken us a year to kind of yeah. get to that point. And, and everything needs to be attributed to Clay and Krim on that for sure. Cause these guys are like nonstop, like they're, they're productive in the way they speak, not necessarily the best. I, I would say like there's some elements of what I used to be are kind of in them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but, but the kids, the young kids are like, have a really good head on their shoulders and they're able to understand that That's good. they're just trying to help. They're never really like being mad at them for it or not shutting down. Like they just listen and they, that you can tell it irritate, irritates them a little bit, but they know they're in a position to learn, and yeah. and that's one of the reasons why we want a less event, in my opinion, because yeah. like the, the the progress we're making is is absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean the the amount of people that gave uh, Shotzi like that that hard of a time, oh, I was just just Poor like, Dude, yeah, yeah, because I'm like. Oh, like I know that he's gonna he's gonna grow into a player. Like I, you, you just know. I mean, you you don't just. Uh, if you're good at one game, more than likely, if your hand and eye coordination are good enough to be a certain way, they're going to be good in a certain way in every single game, right? The right. The, the the understanding of a gamer, in a sense, a pro gamer, that is. Um, but anyway, so now now that you have moved from from the Bay Area down to Dallas, have have there been any major like differences that you've seen where you're just like way happier? I mean. <laughs> Right now, it's weird because there's just nobody in the streets. Like yeah. I'm living, I'm living like a couple of blocks away from the American Island Center, which is a hot spot, and it's just dead. dead. Just like I mean, there's, I mean, that's what that's what the world we live in right now, which yeah. is just a weird state. And it was a really weird time to move because even like, like I'll give you a quick story. I went to Costco the day after I moved to get essentials, like plates and just stuff for my apartment because I was moving to my apartment later that day. And I showed up 15 minutes before they opened. There was 150 people in line to get to the, through the front door. I would have left away. Because it was the day after they stayed called, but I don't have a choice. I would have left. I, don't I didn't have fuck. a choice. I don't care. I, left. I didn't have a choice. Amazon, Amazon Prime, I would have <laughs> left. I mean, I needed stuff right away, bro. Like, so I, I get in a store, people are like fighting for toilet paper. For whatever reason, toilet paper apparently is like the most essential what thing. What was you need it? What was it? I don't get it. What like, was it? Because before it was canned food and water. Yeah. It, it, I, I feel like it was this, this coronavirus epidemic, pandemic, uh, was it the, SARS a few years ago? It, sure, whatever. Like but it, it it was never toilet paper yeah. ever. What was it about toilet paper? I mean, there has to have been some sort of, uh, uh, of 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 viral video that said, you know what, with doomsday preppers, you know what people don't ever fucking think about <laughs> toilet paper. <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh shit, damn toilet paper, damn. And then all of a sudden, when this happens, like. Psh! Toilet paper, fucking zombies. Yeah. Fucking grab I mean, all it's the crazy because even I levitate towards toilet paper because everyone else is going for it. So it's like a mob mentality where you're like, yeah. oh, toilet paper, I need that. I'm, I need, I'm going to poop a lot during these times. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, gosh. Yeah. And then the amount of people that are just grabbing like all of it. Is, oh, is, yeah. Is what, no, it's ridiculous. Yeah, because it's, there's no shortage of food. No. There's no shortage of toilet paper. It it's just that the supply is backed up a little bit because yeah. nobody, you know, like it, there's no shortage of it. There, Everybody can get the same amount that everybody got, everybody can get, right? right? It's just... 
a matter of being patient in in, yeah. in that time. Hundred percent. It's like huge baby wipes, man. Yeah, no, no, that's what I got at the start. I was like, well, okay, no one's gonna have to baby wipes. I don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's the way to be <laughs> anyway. Okay. I, I was just mind boggled by the fact that everybody went so crazy for the toilet paper. Yeah, I, I'm kind of lucky to move at a time where the weather's more or less similar to what it is in the Bay Area. Yeah. Oh no, it's not. No, I mean right now it is. Oh, bro. Like you, it's. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying the first few it's days it's gonna get bad yeah oh but you, you, you'll I didn't say it was I'm just saying yeah. at this very moment in time yeah. the adjustment it's yeah. not like I moved in the middle of June yeah where it's like 105 degrees oh, outside it's I'm fucking dying. incredible oh I'm it, sure even, even with those heat indexes I still would never move anywhere else I just this is I, I love I love yeah. it you know when I'm out fishing and I don't go fishing between July and August I just don't do that but when I'm out there like I've, I I don't think since I moved here I've ever complained about the heat like I've I've made my little cool. comments but I've never been like in Chicago and I was just like I fucking hate living here right. I hate the cold I hate the cold right. I, 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 and I said I'm like if I'm ever in a warm place I'm never gonna complain about the heat and and still to this day two years in this being our third I'm still I'm cool man this is I love it it's yeah. my thing I mean I'm more of a cold guy so I might complain about the heat a little more than someone else would yeah but Melanie's the opposite it. my fiance she's more about the heat so i think it'll be good for her yeah bro it's, it gets hot hot yeah. oh i'm sure i mean i've actually my first time here was in 2006 i was here for a bowling tournament yeah um as a junior an and outdoor I, bowling tournament imagine no. but it was it was literally middle of, like i think it was the middle of july where it was just like it was like 110 115 degrees outside and it was like like just walking to get food across the street where i was like yeah. soaking and yeah it's like oh it's amazing i can't wait i'm not excited about i that. hate how cold it is bro it's march and it's still cold which oh. is why the virus has still been around for this long you know but if this would have been last year that shit would have gone down so quickly okay. it would have been yeah it would have been a resurgence as it does often you know, so i'm a what do you call those uh a virologist okay. <laughs> just made that pandemist a, a pandemicist <laughs> uh but they say that usually a a a a, a virus will will have its stint in the winter and then die out because it's too hot in the summer but then the following winter it it's worse than it was the first time so yeah. we're expecting this year to be crazy year. yeah, yeah. I, I might just move my family down to somewhere tropical for the for the you know for the winter next year yeah yes yeah. i mean it's not do do the do the do the have, uh ronaldo i'm not gonna buy an island obviously yeah. <laughs> got i mean paid. if you have the funds for it like might as well right like, I, I don't I, I i'm not a ronaldo to buy a fucking no, island i'm not I saying bought an island yeah no that's crazy i mean he's obviously rich so just a mega <laughs> nothing stopping he's him right? mega rich dude i would have done that too if i had that sort of paper i'm gone <laughs> just from a flex standpoint give like, me, look give what me I can satellite do. internet and i'm good uh that's the problem that's the problem with everything i always tell jude then i am going to retire in a place like this i want to i want to walk out of yeah. i want to walk out of uh that's pretty out yeah. of my my uh my backyard and and see snowy mountains the changing of the yeah uh, of the seasons the a lake and I, but but if there's no good internet, I can't do it because yeah. I'm still I still intend on playing Call of Duty up until well, you wanna, my, yeah you want to have fun with it right yeah. like it's still your like still yeah, enjoy doing it still love that I love I love I love uh, the only thing that I don't do nowadays that I love to do but I don't so I love playing Call of Duty I still do that I love fishing I still do that the one thing I, I love drawing and, and and painting I still do that the one thing that I love that's dear to my that I consider myself the way that I consider myself a, a, an artist a gamer and a fisherman I consider myself a basketball player and that's the only one thing that I don't do interesting yeah it's the only Why one not? thing I don't know I don't What's have any at home I had all my friends that I grew up with playing basketball with here who just gotta be some dude. No, just, just pick up no. leagues, people that play. I'm sure, like, you just gotta find them. Well, the the Oak Boys uh, back in LA and right. Nate Shot and Hundred Thieves, they all like participate in yeah, the league. That, yeah. Matt, do you play basketball? 
No, he doesn't. Who the fuck? That he, I work with him. He would be like one of the uh, prime, you know, pr- <laughs> candidate to be on my team because I work with him. I, I like. I, I, it's gotten so far to the point to where I, I, I texted Nick Kirshner, maniac, uh-huh. and I said, "Yo." Because he plays basketball, Mike plays basketball, and Hitch is a really good athlete. So that's four already. All we need yeah. is a fifth, or you know, in, in trade-ins. Because there's no way I'd run up and down the court. Anyway, <laughs> I wanted to put out a message on Twitter that says, if if you're from if you're in esports and are you know you play ball, hit me up because okay, I want to I'm gonna I'm gonna join a league, a yeah. D league, you there know, you so I can yeah, so I can get fun. back into shape. Hell My yeah. brother will probably play, but he sucks. <laughs> uh, but we'll need a, a big center man. Anyway, long story short, uh, anything you want to want to talk about, man? Anything that you want to give a shout out to? Obviously, your sponsors, Protein Snacks, Jack Links, Jack Links, yeah, Corsair Jack, headsets, yeah, uh, you could do that, yeah, yeah, I mean, do yeah, that. I Dallas won't em- do that. But you can Dallas do that. Empire, obviously. Uh, I mean, a big props. It's it's been a, it's been a fun transition. Yeah, like as a whole, like just just in the grand scheme, like the C the CDL league and how it's come across compared from where when I used to compete. That like everyone asked me like, do you miss playing? Like I'm not. I don't. I don't miss playing. I miss competing. But I'm just jealous of like yeah. everything that people have access to now. Yeah. Well, and imagine it, how these people that are growing up in this thing oh, are going to feel in 10 years when it's like the NBA right. and all the scumpies and Clasters and Crim Sixes, Karmas, and you name it. All the players that put work into this thing are will benefit in some way, but are not going to benefit as much as a play, as the as a three year old that that's that's running around right now. Well, you're describing me now, right now. Yeah, exactly. Like, like that's what I mean. Like this is us. Like yeah. this is this is what we. We built to we built most of what's there right now. Yeah, yeah. Like all this wouldn't happen without people like us and pioneers in the community that kind of pushed it to the next level. So Correct. It's just, and, like, and look, granted, we benefited from it. You know, yeah. it's like obviously, right? But it, it's it's those who have uh, those who have come in the next ten years are going to be the ones that truly benefit from like this opportunity yeah, because like absolutely. all the building work is happening right now. I, I just the only thing I would say, like from a grander scheme, that's not necessarily the most positive way is that people need to start treating this as a job. Yeah. Like I feel like there's a lot of players that are stuck in their own ways of understanding, like yeah, like it's just it's crazy, like the amount of money that's flying around right now. And and from a standpoint of when I when we played and when you were part of, like you saw it firsthand, like we're playing, we were playing for the pure competitive aspect of having fun doing yeah. it. And the money came was like as long as we got enough money to go buy and support ourselves with, we're good. And now it's to a point where like like people are doing it feels like they're doing less than when we did. Mm-hmm. Like they're they don't have that side aspect of like having to stream and content because mm-hmm. like content was necessary for us to sustain, right? Yeah. Like if we don't make YouTube videos or we don't stream Twitch. You don't have that extra. I don't right. have that money to yeah. live, right? Like because competing, you couldn't rely on that. Like that wasn't guaranteed money. Now they have all these contracts and guaranteed things, and it seems like they're willing to do less. Like that that yeah. to me is a kind of like and that's one of the things I think in the future that'll probably go down with time. Yeah. Like like whenever the younger generation hopefully doesn't really kind of put on in those ways and see like see what it is for exactly what it is and they get an understanding and they put the time in to really do everything and get the sponsors going it's yeah. like it just it almost seems like they don't understand where the money's coming from anymore and it's yeah. and it's just like grow some trees it, it uh yeah I, I i don't even know where to like identify where that that sort of mentality comes from but yeah. it's it's everybody was treated like a star early on that they That's now right. feel like they're a star and they don't need to do anything besides show up to do certain things and, and, and do that. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with the way that I raised my players too, right? <laughs> like I always treated Nathan and, and Scump and everybody else like the superstars that they are. And then that sort of like made them, you know, now they're they're better, but there was the, the, that period in time in, in the years that we were doing this where they were like, I don't do that stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? No, I mean, I fuck, just went man. to, the, I went like the first LA event and I'm not just talking about my, my team. I'm talking yeah. about just in general, like the players, like it's just the, the mindset and like they ask for like someone want an interview and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, like, bro, like 
where do you think you're like what, money comes from right like your contract says you need to do those things for a reason because yeah. you're getting and it, and it helps you you're oh, in front of exactly people. helps you're, your brand like and and they don't get it man like what do you plan on doing when you're done playing like you need to build your brand like if you plan on staying in this world yeah, the, the people that worry me are the ones that have a, a small brand and they still act a certain way you know what I mean? Not like so, yeah. in in no world would I ever not try to work on on, on my brand or or instill in my players that they got to work on their brand. They got to be in front of the camera as much yeah. as they humanly possible. It's oh, not. Yeah. I don't know. We it's, were the best at that when when I could be like yeah. we were always in front of cameras. Like, always we loved it. Like yeah. thrive on it. Yeah, we had yeah. to. It was, it's, it's, anyway, I guess we're building to build, and there's a saying out there, and I'm gonna butcher it, but the best selfless acts come from old people who plant trees who they'll never get to enjoy the shadow of see you next time maddie that was fire <laughs>